Well, we are back once again with another cryptic episode on It's Cryptic Out There with your host, me, Justin. Now, now that I am back officially, I have gotten a lot of requests of various, I mean various, stories for me to cover for me to look into. And one in particular was a hmm, paranormal supernatural story that happened in the 70s. That happened in my hometown. And I don't know where exactly I saw the story uh that it came to my attention. I, I think actually I saw it on Facebook in a some type of paranormal uh, Facebook group, and I think I, I commented on if anybody knew uh, any more to that to the story, and I got a bunch of replies back, and then I I commented below the cryptic hotline. And a gentleman, you know, he, he reached out and started texting me, and, and I'll, I'll get to the, the conversation there. But um, <clears throat> I wanted to read this article uh, from the Washington Post. Yes, from the Washington Post. The story that happened in Parisburg, Virginia, in Giles County. Uh <clears throat> Like I said, my hometown. So let me just read off this this article because I mean it was in the Washington Post. I mean that's one of, if not the biggest, news outlets in the world. So let me just let me just read this. It is titled "Ghostly Virginia Disturbances Go Unsolved." Unsolved. A two and a half month investigation by sheriff's deputies and the state police in southwest Virginia has failed to produce an explanation for mysterious disturbances at two mountain homes near the West Virginia border last December that topped furniture and books and shattered dishes. Ooh. Quote, It is just one of those mystery things you never find an answer to. Giles County Deputy Sheriff Jimmy Neese said. County Sheriff John Hopkins III said the investigation of the four incidents that occurred in Parisburg, Virginia, a factory town located about 250 miles southwest of Washington, quote, is closed. Dr. J.G. Pratt of the University of Virginia Medical School once said the Parisburg incidents are typical of hundreds of documented cases of psychic phenomena. He said was not surprised that the law enforcement officers were unable to find an explanation. Psychic phenomena. Psychic phenomenon, ladies and gentlemen. The disturbances began December 19th in the home of... Belua Wilson, 
I'm probably butchering that first name, a 65-year-old widow who lived with her 9-year-old foster son on Fletcher's Mountain. I believe Fletcher's Mountain is close to a Dairy Queen that I've been to quite often, you know, to get the Butterfinger Blizzard. Uh, Mrs. Wilson said objects began falling off a kitchen cabinet. Dishes shattered and large pieces of furniture toppled. She said she never saw things fall because they fell behind her, but said the little boy saw everything. Mrs. Wilson, whom neighbors described as an upstanding and responsible member of the community, moved into her son's home because of the disturbances. Interesting. Mrs. Wilson's son, Donald, said that on a visit to his mother's house on December 20th, a similar incident happened. The nine-year-old foster son was standing at the foot of the stairwell when a cabinet nearby toppled, Wilson said. Three nights later, on December 23rd, Wilson said something unusual happened at his home. A table and a trophy toppled for no apparent reason. The next day, Christmas Eve, Wilson said, the foster son went upstairs in his house and things began falling again. He said books began falling out of the hallway, uh, out of the hallway, out of a hallway bookcase, I'm sorry, as if someone were throwing them. He said he could see that the boy was not throwing the books and that the disturbance stopped once he took the boy outside. The Wilsons returned the boy to the county welfare department after the Christmas Eve incident. Sheriff's deputies said the family has experienced no unusual occurrences since the boy left. Hmm. So since the boy's gone... Nothing peculiar has happened. Hmm. Onward. Deputies and county welfare officials said no similar incidents have occurred in the new foster home where the child has been placed. Quote, he's doing fine. Linda Boggs, a county welfare supervisor. Pratt, the University of Virginia professor, said he believes the child possesses psychic energy which, when released, causes objects to move. He said the case follows, quote, the typical pattern of poltergeist phenomenon. Poltergeist. You guys know what a poltergeist is, don't you? Ah. Let's continue. He said normally the cases begin unexpectedly, run their course, then unexpectedly stop. The sheriff's department rejects the theory. Quote, I don't believe in ghosts, said Nice, one of the chief investigators in the case. Quote, I feel it was humanly done, but I can't prove it, he said. The Parisburg incident steered rumors of supernatural happenings and a host of inquiries from local and national media. Television camera crews, 
trekked up the long, winding road to the Wilson's home to film the exterior of the house. A neighbor said Mrs. Wilson moved back into her house last Friday. The Wilsons could not be reached for comment. Wow. Now that's pretty gnarly. Um, in the, the hometown of uh, Giles County because um, just just thinking about the people here or people there, they... Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that think or believe in ghosts, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't. Now, the article talks about the child having telekinesis ability, and that is uh, the ability to move objects at uh, a certain distance by mental power or other non-physical means. Now, the gentleman that reached out to me believes it was something different. That it wasn't really the kid at all. He believes that it is something um, far darker than a child with superpowers. Let me just start off by reading the conversation. He says, It involves an incident in Parisburg. I think it's documented in several papers. 1977, I believe. It was never resolved to everyone's satisfaction. My story happens after this incident at the same house. I'm convinced the incident involves demons. Not ghosts or telekinesis. He would continue to say, I don't think the boy moved all that furniture with his mind, as others did. As far as I know, I haven't been around the mountain in a while. They didn't release the boy's name. My sister was a neighbor to the boy's caretaker. She knew the woman well. She said there was no way the woman would make the story up. I went to the house to see a ghost. What I got into was quite different. Interesting. He continues to say, I think the lady's son is still living around the mountain. I'm not sure if any of the officers involved are still alive. I did talk to Officer Jimmy Spicer, who was there. I'm not sure if he is still alive. I also talked to Officer Jimmy Neese about the incident. Both said they saw objects move without explanation. All this aside, I will always believe demons were present, not ghosts. Do you know much about demons and do you believe they are real? I said, yes, I do believe. Yes. I believe there's a God, and I believe there's a devil. So, I asked him, do you know if that house has been, has a past before, or had like a, a incident before the, all this, you know, paranormal stuff started happening? 
and he said, I've never heard of any other incidents involving the house. I assume the boy is still alive somewhere. We around here never heard anything else about the case. Surely it wasn't a one-time occurrence. They either followed the boy or they don't grow old and die. I really, really don't want to, quote, get too close. They are not like Casper. So he... All right, that was the end of the conversation. And that was a while back um, before uh, I was in the process of moving. So I, I didn't get really get back to him because I was too busy. But um, I reached out to him today to see if he would like to talk on the phone. So I'm waiting to hear back from him. But it sounds like he experienced something very scary, something very dark. And it has maybe scarred him, you know, to ever come go close to the house. I mean, I don't even know if the house is still up. But I plan on speaking to him on the podcast so we could find out what exactly he saw and experienced. But coming up, I am bringing on Josh Farrell. Like I said, um, he has something very interesting to tell me about this mystery. So, without further ado, let's let's call Josh Farrell. All right, well, I'm here with Josh Farrell once again. Josh, what is up? Uh, nothing much. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's always good to, good to be, be a back. little cryptic every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been a while. Had a hiatus, but yes. we're back. Yeah, man. Creepy as ever. <laughs> yeah. So, this story I knew nothing about. I didn't know that it was a thing around in our hometown um, until, like, last month. And... Uh, I guess I, I found out on Facebook on like a, I think it was like a Facebook group, a paranormal group or whatever, and I I commented, I'm like, does anybody know more information about this? And there's a guy that reached out to me saying, yes, but I don't think it was telekinesis. He believes that it was like uh, more demonic, because apparently he experienced a lot Apparently, he went into the house, and um, I plan on talking to him uh, next week, but today I have you on because you have something that connects to the story, and it's pretty wild. Um, If you would, just start out um, how you, uh, I guess, discovered this story. Well, you know, I think what's very interesting about it is I first heard this story probably when I was eight or nine years old mm. and then I've just been told it multiple times through uh through a certain family member you know up until I saw your post and then I asked again I was actually with her whenever I saw it she went through and told me the entire story and you know what's interesting about the the whole thing is 
being in an area, especially having my family is a little bit older, uh, when they live here this long, then you really get to see these details from a, from a light, you know, people weren't kids or mm-hmm. anything. And, you know, when they would tell me the story, you know, I, when you, I first watched the conjuring, <clears throat> when I first watched the conjuring, you know, you had Ed and Lorraine Warren yeah. and, uh, when she was like, ah, just these two people, I can't think of their names. Uh, she's like Ed something. Yeah. And then when I was, when she finally uh, put it together, I was like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. She's like, yeah, came, had the whole paranormal investigation, <laughs> did all of this. And I was like, are you serious? That's crazy. Yeah. So that's what's really interesting, though, is that even from being a kid, there's been more details as time has come on that they've just remembered or they've shared with me. Um, so, and another thing, uh, you know, this kid, obviously troubled maybe maybe there was some demonic stuff going on yeah um which you know if that's the case it makes sense uh i had a this kid you know he was dropped off at a at the jail i think the people who had taken him in i guess just couldn't deal with either the telekinesis or the demonic stuff anymore they had they had had it up to their neck yeah in the old demon possession (laughs) i said not anymore the the sheriff's office of Giles County can handle this. <laughs> yeah. And so, you mentioned you you mentioned Ed and Lorraine Warren, and I haven't told, uh, I haven't said it yet, but uh, allegedly they came to Giles to the house, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess once there was reports, I don't know if the Inquirer or whoever maybe the washington post yeah whenever they did their article Mm -hmm. maybe that caught their interest yeah and made them come down um but that's you know that's what really struck to me is that she said that but i never she had never said that before and whenever we were talking and um you know now that both of them play such a huge role in popular culture and like horror movies and you're seeing them uh portrayed on tv yeah it's interesting to think that the real people like came to our little yeah. slice of appalachia yeah and and the more you know the <clears throat> the horror court culture is you know just keeps rising and Dang. a lot of yeah a lot of thicker than the blood spilled in these horror movies <laughs> yeah. a lot of their cases ed and lorraine's um are re-emerging and um if this is true then that's it's pretty crazy <clears throat> yeah yeah i think it makes uh makes a lot of sense though because time period it matches up right yeah that's when they were really at the height of their paranormal culture late 70s uh, yeah exactly so to me it makes perfect sense for them to come here to investigate that yeah uh, or or someone you know i'm sure somebody saw in a magazine somewhere in the late 70s or like these are who we need to call right people. right bring them here the og ghostbusters yeah no. yeah exactly the og ghostbusters now I take that job but <laughs> well i was gonna ask you uh are do you know if the house is still up um you know she told me that it was uh she said that it was tore down mm. uh, her friend went up there uh one time 
to go and see I think to investigate I think someone had called because lights were flickering or something yeah and he got up there and saw an industrial sewing machine floating machine floating about two feet off the ground and then some of the glass bottles started to break Jesus and yeah he got out of dodge after that <laughs> yeah. so not for me buddy well I was gonna ask you uh one day would you want to go up just to you know see where it was at yeah yeah just get a feel for uh i guess you know the feel of what it was yeah yeah especially it being a such a you know now i think especially with your podcast Mm -hmm. i think now it's going to be more of a prevalent thing everyone's going to be like huh there was some telekinetic demonically uh, possessed kid that lived in our town. Yeah. Where did he live? At? Yeah. And I'm curious, like I can't find the the kid's name because I'm sure yeah. he's still alive, and I'm sure I don't know if he's still around this area, and I don't know if like his uh, if any of his family members are still alive. Yeah, you know, I will try and do some more digging. Uh, One of the things I was going to say a little bit ago, you know, let's say there was some, you know, demonic or or something like that uh, along those lines. Mm -hmm. The relative that I had uh, after he was dropped off at the sheriff's office went and picked him up and he was a preacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, and my relative said that once they picked him up and took him in, it was... uh, one of my very close relatives' uncles, mm-hmm. uh, they said that they had no issues out of him. Hmm. And it just makes you think if there was some otherworldly being in this kid, you know, once he gets taken in by a preacher, maybe that's what quelled a lot of his tendencies, you know? Yeah, perhaps. Or maybe the house itself was causing him to have these. The house was possessed. Yes, and was possessing wow. him, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's why they tore it down. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. Man, we need to find some of that wood. We do. <laughs> do a little archaeology site and see if we can bring get it. Peace. Bring it in the cryptic studio and put it on the wall. <laughs> uh, in like a box made of holy water. <laughs> yeah. I got some sage, so yeah. we can sage it. Yeah, and just put it away. Yeah. Not look at it. You can't look at it directly. Yeah, you can only look at it through your peripheral vision when you come in the studio. Right, right. I'm really trying to. I want to figure out who this kid was, and if so, I don't know how I'll be able to do it. But try and get him on here. But if not, then you know, just try and get uh, some some more people on that remembers the story. <clears throat> yeah, and you might be able to get more from you know your conversation next week. So everyone should definitely tune into that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. Cause this is this is gonna be the first part, and then the second part's gonna be with uh, his name's Rocky. He he told me to call him Rocky, so talk to him. All right, Sylvester yeah, yeah. We know it's really you. <laughs> I'll find out if I hear his voice. <laughs> but yeah, and like I said on the last when I came back, um, I mentioned you that I wanted you to be on the show a lot more. And, uh, you know, have this, this journey with me. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I'd love to do it, and I think it's great because I hate this shit. (laughs) I love freaking you out. Yeah, and I get to just be freaked out. It's like being in St. Albans for like eight hours. Yes. And then the camera dying and you just gotta stay in the most part of, uh, <laughs> most haunted part of St. Albans for like an hour in the dark no flashlight just sitting there yes <laughs> yeah but well, yeah you're in this extremely hot uniform yeah <laughs> so but, go uh, ahead oh I was gonna say I have a couple more uh, yeah I, I knew I was coming on I had some stories that don't really relate to this but mm-hmm. um man um, I feel like maybe my, 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 these are stories from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a nursing student in the fifties at the old Radford, uh, hospital. Yeah. Um, you know, she's told me a lot of stories from that time period, you know, uh, just everything she's had to do. But she said when she was in nursing school, she was laying in bed and, you know, it was night. I think everyone had gone home for a break or something but she had to work and it was just her and the house mother Mm. and she said the house mother had a little chihuahua that went everywhere with her yeah she said she was laying in bed and she said she had this eerie feeling of footsteps she heard these footsteps Mm -hmm. coming by real loud footsteps and she said her door was cracked and she you know kind of looked she didn't see anybody there was nobody there and it, you know it was really freaky and you know she didn't think anything of it she's like ah must have been the house mother or the dog you know mm-hmm. yeah something like that she said she came down in the morning and she said the first thing the house mother looked at her and said and said what were you doing out walking last night and she was like i wasn't <laughs> i thought you were up yeah walking last night and she's like no I was not. Yeah. Uh, what made me thought of that though is us getting a piece of that that house. Yeah. She said once they tore down the old uh like the old hospital or whatever, wherever she was doing, mm-hmm. she went and she was gonna take a brick. And yeah. she said she picked up the brick and was like, "I'm gonna take this home," and then she just realized that story. You know, all those years later. Yeah. And she was like, "You know what?" Maybe I'm just going to leave this here. (laughs) And everyone else can just stay here as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the worst, being alone in a large building like that. Yeah, yeah, and an old, old building as well. Yeah, You know, she told me uh, a story recently about when they, you know, they didn't do CPR at at a point, you know. Mm -hmm. She literally told me, she's like, if you died, you died. (laughs) Like, that was it. You were just dead. There was, we, you know, we did what we could, but yeah, yeah. there was no, uh, nothing. And she said when CPR was first introduced, she said it took them a very long time mm-hmm. before they finally saved somebody's life. And when she was telling me that, my thought was, is how many times do you think people were just on top of people slamming their hands into some poor dead guy's chest? God trying to bring him back to life and there's just no chance and you do that a whole bunch of times until you finally bring someone back to life jesus yeah she said that they were very discouraged like yeah. they started to say that this will never work because right. they hadn't had any success until they finally did and, you know yeah i could i couldn't imagine yeah yeah crazy yeah. and uh another story though um 
she's lived in the house that they've lived in, God, I guess, since probably the 70s. Wow. But uh, she had some friends that lived in the house beside them, and then they moved out. Uh, or not some, she had some friends, but they eventually passed away. Mm-hmm. And so she had some new neighbors move in, and, you know, they were just talking, and they became friendly. And then she said they were around the dinner table and they were playing cards or something, having dinner. And it was the husband and the wife and my mama and papa. Mm-hmm. And the lady just said, hey, can I ask you a weird question? And she said, yeah, go ahead. And her husband was like, no, don't, don't get started on this. <laughs> don't get started on this. We're not going to talk about this. Yeah. And she said, she's like, no, I want to ask, seriously. And she said, so I've been hearing footsteps and everything. And she said, I woke up one night and I came out in the hallway and she said, I saw a little old man in the hallway. Hmm. And my mama said, oh, that's, that's Mr. Harold. He won't bother you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who's Mr. Harold? He was the previous tenant of the house. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if his name was Mr. Harold. I was just using a placeholder. Oh, okay. But, uh... Still. Still. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Still. Yeah. So, Man. Those those stories, man. Uh, I want to meet her. (laughs) Another one. Do what? I want to meet your family member. (laughs) Dude, you can. You can come (laughs) on up. I'll have you. I think she'd love it. Yeah. Uh, this is this actually has to do with aliens. Okay. You, that's that's up your alley. One. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, this is in Tazewell, Virginia, mm-hmm. where my grandma grew up. She grew up in a holler. Mm-hmm. Uh, really nice place. You know, beautiful. They got good land. It's a hill and a half, essentially. And uh, this was, man... Uh, I would say probably either 40s or 50s, maybe. Maybe 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said that one night my great-grandfather woke up and uh, they heard the horses, like, bucking and going crazy. Yeah. And they were like, huh. They go outside and they look up there and they see a light and they think that the, maybe there's a fire or something. And they run up there, and there's, like, a perfect, like, circular sort of saucer-style burn mark no. in the ground. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> How many stories do they have? This is crazy. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. This is why makes- I want you on the show more often. <laughs> Oh man, it's crazy though. You know, these are the stories you grow up with, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah, the paranormal is very interesting, and in my family people yeah. are very interested in it. Yeah, not me though. It's like you're not interested in it, but you, it it follows you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't want this to happen, <laughs> but it does. It just happens. Yeah. Yes. And like I, I was going to say, I'm trying to build this studio up into making it, you know, to make it all cryptic-like, the theme of it, of the show, make it really fun. And 
I really do want to have like your own section in the studio for when you do come on. <clears throat> oh hell yeah, dude! Yeah, man. <clears throat> I will definitely bring crosses and holy water. <laughs> you well, know, I have some things up. You know, in my room where I'm at, I got my summer slasher poster. Yep, I got. I, have, uh, I got my yeah, stuff too. My body armor. Yep. From the boys who kill bloodsuckers and our two stakes. Hell yeah, dude. That I have, so. Um, yeah, I could even, I can even try and have you a, like a your own corner with a mic. Yeah, dude, I got ideas. <laughs> dude, uh, it'll be dope. Well, yeah, man. Know. Yeah, man. But onward. Yes. <laughs> but I definitely want us to uh, travel to. Uh, I guess it's called Fletcher Mountain, right? That road. Yeah. yeah. Um. I definitely want us to go at some point here soon and, you know, just get a feel for it, take some pictures, maybe even record uh, a video of it. Um, Because I'm I'm debating whether or not to add visual to the podcast um, or at least, you know, special events. But uh, definitely want to I want to go up there, uh, the two of us, and then try and figure out who this kid was you know yeah yeah definitely we can see maybe i can take you to meet that relative yeah yeah that'd be awesome and we'll see what we'll see what she says to you yeah man that'd be sweet um yeah but i guess that's it for this episode uh i'd like to thank you you know to be on uh on this episode and uh and the the more down the road (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, the dynamic duo. Hell yeah! Have to get some triple threat episodes in there. Yes, our boy Noah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Patron, check out his music on Spotify. Yes, he's still on. Uh, he's still he's still kicking ass with music. Oh, he is. That man's that man could drop thirty albums all at one time. He, he really could. He really could. Yeah, he's got a he whole could. library. Diverse music too. Yes, yes. Yeah, very difference, you know. Yeah, everything. Oh, always in the lab, always cooking. Hell yeah, dude. And he's drumming too. No yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. Man of many talents. Yeah, man. Well, Josh, thank you for being on once again, and we will try to solve this uh, mystery because it. Yeah. In the articles that I read, in the stories I've read, it's you know up in the air they don't really know what happened or they don't know what is the reason behind all this yeah it seems like there's a mystery out there and we're gonna go solve it hell yes we are the modern hell day yes. ghostbusters <laughs> dun, 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 dun. all right that's enough before copyright kicks in. <laughs> yeah all right josh well thanks a lot and um i'll, I'll get in touch with you soon yeah, thank you. I'm excited for this episode and all future episodes to come. It's going to be great. Yeah, man. Thanks. You're welcome. Well, that was the first part of this mystery story of the telekinesis kid or possibly demon house in 
our hometown. Josh, he is a interesting cat with some interesting stories, and I plan on having him on the show a lot more now. And yeah, we're just gonna, you know, dive into the cryptic world. Um, with this story, um, I'm hoping to, you know, figure out who this who this kid was and if he's still alive and if possibly possibly talk to him and maybe get him on the show and if not you know like i said hopefully find more information just to what really happened you know but like i said uh josh he's going to be uh coming on the show and specifically this journey because it it ties with him and some family and uh yeah we're just gonna we're gonna see what happens uh next week uh i will be talking with rocky he actually has personal stories about the house and he says he says that it was demons and it was not uh, tele- telekinesis ability so excited to talk to him and see what he has to say thank you all for listening to the show um, it's rebranded as you can see so if you want to follow the show on social medias it's it's called it is cryptic out there and on instagram the facebook uh, private group uh, you can email the email is still the same as of right now, uh, crypticfilespodcast at gmail.com if you want to send in anything, really. Um, and also, we still have the cryptic hotline, 540-358-1583. If you, if you know of this story and if you want to share your thoughts or uh, personal stories, please call or text. Uh, I even have a text and... You can either keep your name anonymous or you can you can say who you are. Uh, but with that, also five star the episode on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps the show out. It helps the show grow, and I would have really you know appreciate it because I want to you know I want to grow this 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 thing because I think you know I think it can go far. So thank you all for listening once again and. Please, lastly, watch your back. It's cryptic out there.